The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, here to discuss NFL Week 2 totals. Not your usual voice. You're used to hearing Terrell Furman Jr., but I am just filling in for the superstar on this episode. But joining me here to break down the totals for NFL Week 2, you guys know him better as Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Good to be back. Uh, it's definitely nice to go through week two of the NFL. Week one for me went pretty well. Hopefully it went well for you too. Uh, a lot of chaos, but I feel like a lot of the games that we talked about on the uh, later episode actually worked out very well. Yeah, I know you and I are going to do the PM games, the afternoon kickoff games uh, for the NFL season. I thought we did pretty well on those games. Uh, yeah, you're right. NFL week one. Was a lot of fun, a lot of exciting finishes, a lot of heartbreak, things like that. But yeah, I think overall, at least the SGPN crew, I think we all had a pretty, pretty good NFL week one, um, whether it was sides and totals. But um, how did your how did your guys' totals end up going for, for week one? I ended up splitting my luck. I can't really say it was a dog, but you get the point. I ended yeah, up splitting. Yeah. Uh, I had the Chiefs team total over, which was never in doubt. And yeah. I had the Raiders and Chargers over and that... I don't know if it should have got there or it shouldn't have, but Carr threw a bunch of picks. You had a lot of red zone field goals in the first half, so that didn't work out. But overall, thought it went pretty well. Uh, I liked the under in the Niners game before the bad weather, so mm-hmm. that was definitely the cherry on top there. But as a whole, feel like it went pretty well. I definitely think that the sides, though, from what we covered with the 4 o'clock games, I don't know if we swept, but we were pretty close to it. I thought we dominated the 4 o'clock games. Yeah, I thought, yeah, we, we did pretty well uh, on those PM games. So I even uh, had the Giants. I, I think I did, too. I think I want to say I took the Giants as well. I think we and, both did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I missed on the on the on on my lock on that show, but we'll get to that uh, on when we record or when we discuss the NFL Week 2 PM games. But, um, yeah, here to talk about totals. I think, actually, speaking of totals, my best bet or my favorite bet last week uh, that I absolutely hammered was the over in the Lions and Eagles game. I thought that, you know, even at 48 and a half, that number flew over the total. Um, they got off to a, a fast start uh, in that game. Um, it never slowed down after that. It didn't, yeah. 38-35 was the final score. They ended up scoring 73 points in that game. Um, but uh, Scott, let's that. Just... Miles, Miles Sanders had a rushing touchdown. Can you believe that? Yeah, did you see that tweet where I think he liked it or read? Oh yeah, he said like there's like no that? chance we're gonna give him a touch on the goal line. He actually scored, and it's like, all right, that, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, right. you know the funny part was he's like on one of my fantasy teams too, and I, I, he was in my starting lineup. So thankfully, he did get a touchdown for me uh, in that game. Um, I think we saw more unders last week than overs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I should have had those numbers in front of me, but 
Um, I know Thursday night football, at least game one, the Bills and the Rams, that, that one went under the total of 41. Every primetime game went under. Yeah, Sunday, uh, Sunday night went under, and the Monday night, uh, shockingly, I think, went under as well after the fast start they did have in the first half. Uh, but, Scott, let's get into it, man. Thursday night football. So we'll start with the uh, that total in that game. Um, it's going to be an a- AFC West matchup between the LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to say this number opened up at 52. Um, I'll get that odd screen in front of me. But current number right now is sitting at uh, 54 and a half for this game. Last week, the uh, Chiefs faced the Arizona Cardinals. They put up a 44 spot against them. That game went over the total. Uh, that final score was 44-21. Chiefs obviously won that game. Flew over the total. And the uh, Chargers, like we just mentioned, uh, that possibly could have gotten over the total. But that ended up going under in a 24-19 victory for the L.A. Chargers. This number is currently sitting at uh, 54 and a half here. Scott, what are your thoughts on this total on this Thursday night football game? So it's always tricky when you don't want to overreact to what happened in game one, but you feel like you have to because the Chiefs were incredible. And Mm -hmm. I know Arizona's defense stinks, and I acknowledge that going in. That's why I love the Chiefs to dominate in that game. But I will have to at least point out just how good the Chiefs looked, and even the Chargers. I mean, they settled for a couple of field goals because of bad execution uh, in the red zone, but Herbert's numbers at the end of the game were fantastic. Mm -hmm. We saw this exact same matchup on Thursday night last year, and you had what felt like 9,000 points, which culminated in that Kelsey like 80 yard touchdown, you know, you know, exactly, you know, the game I'm talking about, but the yeah. point is in a bunch of points, I don't expect many stops. I think Arizona was just extremely shorthanded at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. So I'm not buying into this chief's new defense. I thought they were fine, but I still think they benefited from Arizona being vastly overrated. Sure. I think the chargers have weapons. Now it does kind of come down to if Keenan Allen plays or not, because yeah. he got banged up last week and Mike Williams went a wall. He was on the back of a milk card and you couldn't find him. So yeah. I am curious what the Chargers are going to do if, if Keenan is not able to go. I think I'm leaning to the over anyway because I just expect the Chiefs to just walk into basically 35. And I feel like I'm kind of required to take an over at that point. But I will have to at least pause when it comes to betting it until I know for sure or not if Keenan's going to play. Yeah, the latest thing I saw on Keenan Allen was that he's more than uh, unlikely to play in this game, which kind of makes sense, especially with a hamstring issue. I don't think he's um, going to play, but still. Yeah, and it gives him an extra, what, additional 10 days off because they are playing on Thursday night. And that's also why he's game. less likely to play because he has less time yeah. to actually recover from the hamstring injury. Yeah, and which just kind of means that other guys are going to have to step up. Like you mentioned, Mike Williams was absent in this game. Uh, or sorry, in week one for the Chargers against the Raiders. And, you know, this has to be a spot where he steps up and the other guys as well. You know, DeAndre Carter had a big game, <laughs> shockingly, for the Chargers. Austin Eckler, I think, is going to have to have a big game as well. If they want to keep up with the the pace, I could think that we're going to see in this game and the amount of points that the, the weapons that the Chiefs do have. And like you mentioned, this might be a game where, again, the Chiefs walk into a 35 spot again. Just Mahomes just looks so good. In game one, and no, a lot of talk was that hey, they lost Tyree Kill, but and the Cardinals' defense sucks, by the way. Yeah, like, I don't want to under, I don't want to like, I want to keep mentioning that, but still, sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's it was it was really worth pointing out that the Chiefs, when they wanted to score, they scored. Yeah, and I don't think they had any setbacks in the entire game besides Bucker leaving for a quarter. 
Yeah. That was the only setback they had. Offensively, they did whatever they wanted the entire game. Yeah, they gave up 488 yards of offense uh, in week one to the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, yeah, Wait, I they think they allowed that or the Cardinals allowed that to the Chiefs? The Cardinals allowed okay. that to the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what they gave up uh, to the Chiefs. Um, I, I like your call there about the team total for the uh, for the Chiefs. I think that's something I got to continue writing here. Um, They're so damn good. Until, yeah, like they, they, I know they lost. So we talked about that, but. With Juju there, with MBS there, with Travis Kelsey, what he's been able to do. Even Hilaire looked good. Yeah, he had two receiving touchdowns. I know, he looked great. <laughs> and Hilaire hasn't looked good his entire pro career besides like his first ever game against the Texans. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you have anything else for this game before we get over to the next one? Not really. It's really tough to evaluate the Chargers with Keenan potentially not playing. So yeah. I'm going to just look at the Chiefs. I'd lean over anyway, but I do kind of wonder where the Chargers will replace Keenan's production because he's easily the most reliable receiver on the entire depth chart. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, all right, next game on the board, it's going to be a NFC South matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this one opened up at 47. That number is now down to 44.5 over on win bet. Uh, we saw the Buccaneers really stifled the offense or maybe the offense just wasn't that good for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I'm not sure which one it is, but they, they were the only team, the Dallas Cowboys in week one to not record a touchdown there, Scott. Um, Saints Saints came back uh, in a come from behind victory. Um, They were down 26 to 10 to beat the Atlanta Falcons. I know you were uh, mentioning that the Saints were your week one NFL survivor pick. Did so you survive they, week one? I did not. I had the Broncos last night. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I well, did not. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. I had two survivor pools. I had one with SGPN, okay. and I had another one which I signed up late for that had like uh-huh. a guaranteed cash prize, whatever one. Yeah. Uh, that one I had the Broncos because I signed up late, so I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And that hack it's a moron, but we'll talk about that potentially later. Uh, <laughs> still, uh, yeah, I had the Saints in my SGPN one, and that one somehow got there. Shout out to the Falcons. They'll continue to choke games. Yeah. Uh, 44 and a half here, Scott. What do you think about this uh, NFC South matchup? So the totals dropped pretty significantly. I still have to like the under. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how I'm supposed to take an over. The Buccaneers can't block anybody. And we saw it even against Dallas, mostly in the red zone. Parsons had two sacks, and the Buccaneers only had one touchdown. So that is concerning because I don't think the Cowboys' defense as a whole is very good. Plus, Godwin might not play because he's banged up, so we'll see what happens there. I know Julio kind of banged up his wrist a little bit in the middle of the Cowboys game. He didn't come out, so I think he's going to play. But I'm yeah. kind of curious how he's going to feel because that wrist injury didn't look great. But the Saints defense kind of picked it up a little bit. I was concerned with how easily the Falcons just moved the ball for about three quarters. Mm-hmm. But the Saints also didn't really move the ball that well until the fourth quarter. Yeah. But I, I liked what the Tampa's defense did. They can rush the passer. Their secondary is physical, which I like. But I'm going to go with the under because it comes down to the fact that the Buccaneers, ever since Brady got there, they've been awful against the Saints offensively. And now they really just have no offensive line. So I'm going to go with the under because I think you're going to see a low scoring grinded out game where both teams defensively can dictate the actual tempo or just the overall feel of the game. I'm going with the under. Yeah, I agree about the point that you made that it took the Saints till the fourth quarter to kind of get their offense going. They couldn't do anything for the first yeah, half. And, and Winston just, he looked bad. I know, I think that he had an injury scare, but he did return to the game uh, for the Saints. But it finally, 
if they finally got in the fourth, got it going in the fourth quarter. A lot of it was Michael Thomas for uh, the New Orleans Saints, but yeah, they looked awful. I think this is going to be one of those ugly, ugly games where it's probably a rock fight here, Scott. I agree with you. Under forty four and a half for me as well. It's, it's gone away a little bit, but um, I think the pass rush should be able to get to Tom Brady, uh, like they did, uh, like the Cowboys did against the Bucks in the Sunday Night Football game. And again, these linebackers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are, I mean, they are just so good. Um, they can run down the ball. They have so much speed there at, the, at that position and so much depth. I think they can limit it and, and also get to Jameis Winston also. And the last game of the season uh, between these two teams, it was on December 19th. Uh, they ended up uh, in a 9-0 final where Brett Maher was pretty much the offense. He had three field goals. I'm not sure Brady. That was, Brady. What, a, that was a Sunday night game, I think. I think so. Brady did play that game. Um, oh, he played. He just didn't play well. But he yeah, played. yeah. And Taysom Hill was a starting quarterback at that point for the Saints, where he went thirteen of twenty-seven. But that game ended nine nothing. But previous those three, I mean, they were pretty high-scoring games. But I think it's a different year, especially with the weapons that the Bucks don't have. Obviously, without we're not sure what the status of Chris Godwin's is. He going to be out for this game? I know he left the game. Uh, that's Sunday what I'm saying. It, it, I'm not sure, but he's also one game removed from an ACL injury, so. Yeah. I think they might be extra precautious with him. The only thing I do know about the overall feel about Tampa watching them on Sunday night, mm-hmm. they just seem like a dead under team sure. because even with a decent offensive line, mm-hmm. Brady's arm strength is what mediocre at best at the stage. It's not his fault, but he's 45. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it's like a mediocre arm strength, but he doesn't have time to throw the ball. I mean, you're looking at Tampa and how they're going to construct touchdown drives. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of time consumption. Because they're going to be chucking up a lot of, what, five-yard slant passes, a couple of drag routes here and there. I don't think they have much big strike ability. Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm looking at Tampa. And I kind of have to like unders, don't I? Because I don't see many big strike, 40-yard down the field chuck up plays. I see a lot of just dink and dunk plays to generate first downs. They're going to eat up seven, eight minutes off the clock. Yeah, and also let's not forget they also lost one of the, another offensive tackle in that game. Uh, Donovan Smith hyperextended his elbow. He's officially listed as questionable as of uh, this was as of Monday. Uh, but again, something to keep an eye on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as we go forward uh, for this week two in the NFL. Uh, but, all right, before we get over to the next game of the schedule on, uh, I'm sorry, for week two, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet, well, now is the perfect time to do that. New customers who bet $100 get a free $100 bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Plus, WinBet has their own same-game parlay feature. Just click on the game. You select, build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by Eli Sports Bureau. Football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here. And as week two kicks off and you get ready to place your bets and lock into your fancy team, you need to check out Eli's Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that has everything you need to get a competitive advantage. 
Plus, the Lies Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. The Lies Sports Bureau is official statisticians of the U.S. US Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias key insights from their renowned research team. The app is really your one-stop source for player news and league-validated player stats and team records. Expert game analysis for betting, fantasy lineups each week, and showing off your superior sports knowledge to your friends and co-workers. So, to take advantage of this, and since the NFL season is here, first, don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, we have a special offer when you subscribe. Get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use our promo code SGPN. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the App Store or Play Store today and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all of your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. All right, Scott, let's keep the ball rolling here, my man. The next game, it's going to be a NFC matchup between the Washington Commanders in Detroit to take on the Lions. Currently, that number, that total is at 48 and a half. That number opened up. At 44 and a half, so it's climbed about four points. I'm starting to see some 49s uh, and 49 and a halves pop up for this game as well. Mentioned at the top of the show, Detroit coming off that shootout with the Philadelphia Eagles in a 38-35 final. Commanders game, I think that one went over the total as well. They got the victory in that game. I believe it was 48, I'm sorry, 29-22. I think it was 28-22. Uh, 20, yeah, 28-22. So that uh, game went over the total as well. But currently... Right now, Scott, over on win bet, I'm seeing this at 48 and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts about this total uh, in this NFC matchup? So for this one, I really don't like to just piggyback off of line moves of this degree, but I kind of have to like the over because I don't yeah. like either defense. Jacksonville, after a bit of a slow start, kind of picked it up offensively, mm-hmm. and Wentz also gave away a bunch of great field position because he threw a couple of really bad interceptions. Yeah. Detroit couldn't stop anything at all. I don't know how I'm supposed to take any unders in Detroit's games because they can't cover anyone. Their secondary is atrocious. They couldn't stop the run. It just seemed like they didn't ex- they didn't do anything well. They, they kind of limited Philly at the end when Philly was kind of going into a bit more of a ball control offense. Yeah. So I don't know how much to read into there, but you're looking at this matchup. It's in Detroit, so weather's not a factor. It's in a dome. I'm going with the over because Detroit can't cover anyone, and I'm not sure Washington can either. So I'm going to go with the over. I think one of these teams could score 30. Yeah. It sounds crazy because these teams aren't good, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I have to go with the over. Detroit's shown me nothing, which makes me believe they'll even get, I don't know, they'll limit Washington to less than 24 points. I just don't see it. I'm going with the over. Yeah, they allowed, did the Detroit Lions allowed 455 yards of offense 
to yep. the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, look, they're also prone to turnovers. When you have Jared Goff, he's going to he's gonna throw interceptions. And we saw that James Bradbury had that pickoff on Jared Goff that led to a pick six and added some more points on the board. Washington, they do have the weapons, right? I think Jahan Dotson had a great week one. You still have Scary Terry. Antonio Gibson had a great week one as well. So I think this might be another game where we do see points being put up. Um, offensively, I thought Detroit looked great, great as well in week one. I'm not sure how much of that was maybe the def- defense still trying to figure it out for Philly. I mean, especially how much hype they did have coming out uh, of the preseason and offseason. But um, looking at both of these, again, like I mentioned, Detroit, 455 yards of offense that they gave up. Washington gave up two, sorry, 383. Um, Washington had 390 yards of offense last week as well. So, again, I think this might be another game. You're in dome. Um, weather's not a concern. It's a fast track. I think that we're going to see being points put up again as well by both of these teams. A lot of agreement so far, but I, I just don't see how these defenses may are going to be able to stop the other one. Uh, in this game so yeah you're right i think you're spot on especially with the line moving towards the over uh with i think almost a three and a half four looking towards a five point move so far here scott so over 48 and a half i think you if if you get to this pod early you probably want to bet it sooner rather than later because i do think this number probably closes in the 50 to 50 and a half range here scott i don't know who's gonna bet the under for what they saw in week one (laughs) yeah uh you have anything else for this game not really. I think you're going to see just points from the get-go. Uh, if you want to go for player props, you can look at really anything over involving yeah. passing game. Uh, if you want to go for, for example, Wentz, I know he threw for 313. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have options. You know, I, I just think that you're going to be seeing a lot of big plays, and that's kind of that's kind of just going to be the story of the game. And first team to a couple of stops might win, but you might see. I think the only way this goes under is if you have a couple of brutal red zone interceptions. Yeah, that's basically it. I just think both teams are going to move the ball. Yeah, I also, I mean, looking at it even more and talking it more with you, I think I like the Lions team total in this game here as well. Um, yeah. They they do put up at points when they're at home. And Swift um, looked incredible. Yeah, he did. And I think St. Brown, Amaran St. Brown might be a problem for this team as well, or for opposing defenses as well. He He's a handful. Clark looked um, good too. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they have the pieces there on offense. It's just about Carson Wentz not making the mistakes. Um and that, that comes with a huge uh, question mark as well every single week. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game on the board. It's going to be uh, – let's go to a AFC South matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this number opened up at – let's see here. Um, Colts and Jags opened up at 45.5. I'm currently seeing that number – uh, right around 46 and a half. I'm do. I am seeing some 47s currently on win bet. It is at 46 and a half. Last week we saw uh the Colts come back being down 20 to three. They had some uh turnovers in that game. They couldn't get it done in the red zone. Um, but they, they had five. Yeah, yeah. They cut the kicker uh earlier, right before we got on here. I saw that news that they uh, let uh Rodrigo Blankenship go. Did um, you know, used the uh, Blankenship in his fantasy matchup in week one. Was it you? This guy. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> um 517 yards of offense did the Colts have last season. So which kind of tells you we might want to take a look at keep on fading the Texans' offense. Uh going I mean progress progressing. I mean, Texas Texans defense, you mean. Yeah, sorry, Texans defense, yeah. uh fading them. Uh, but we'll get to that game in a minute. But that game ended up in a tie 20 to 24, the Colts and the Texans. And then you know, we talked about the uh 
Jaguars and the uh, Washington Commanders game there as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game here? 46 and a half. I'm kind of leaning towards the under in this game here, Scott, but what about you? Yeah, we're going to agree. I got to go with the under. I don't know what it, it is. Maybe it's the Florida man, but for whatever reason, Indianapolis just cannot play well in Florida, mostly in Jacksonville. They're always bad in Jacksonville. I'm not sure what it is. It's been a story for several years, but Matt Ryan looked awful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. It, the Colts keep bringing in older, washed-up quarterbacks, and they keep looking worse than the other. Now, Pittman's good. Jonathan Taylor's amazing. We know this. But Matt Ryan, we know, is also a turnover-prone quarterback, and we saw that briefly in last week's game. Jacksonville moved the ball a little bit against Washington. They also mm-hmm. were gifted basically three points from that Wentz screen pass interception, which got returned inside basically the 20-yard line. I still don't think Trevor Lawrence is that good. And I think the Colts defense is still solid. So yeah. I'm going to go with the under. I think you'll see the Colts struggle again offensively in Jacksonville. And I don't really like Jacksonville's offense. ETN looked like a mess. And I'm not surprised because I never really liked him in college in general at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I like James Robinson. He was good. But yeah. you're looking at the receivers for the Jaguars. Kirk looked pretty good. That's basically it. I'm going with the under. I, I think that this total seems a little bit high. And I think there's a couple ways to cash it. Either the Colts struggle offensively in Jacksonville once again, or Jacksonville offensively does nothing against the Colts. I think either one could work, or you meet in the middle, and you have like a 24-20 game. I'll go with the under. I think there's several ways that this can cash. Yeah, I'm trying to look at how many yards of – sorry, rushing yards did the – Jaguars allow last week. So, you know, my thinking is turn around, just hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor because last week, do that. yeah, I mean, last week, I, I know, know it was against Gibson, a, Gibson didn't do much, but he did a lot in the passing game. Yeah. Um, last week, the commanders gave up 123 yards. Uh, sorry, the Jacksonville Jaguars gave up. Let's see. They only gave up 85, but if you're going up against one of the best backs in the league, I would just turn around and hand it off 30 times to uh, Jonathan Taylor if I was Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think, again, if it, I think it, if they do that, that's just, again, when you see the running game, it's going to be time coming off of the clock, right? Obviously, the, the clock doesn't stop when you're running the football. Um, I think offensively, you're right. I, I feel like that the Colts are still missing another weapon in their passing game. Michael Pittman, I think he's going to have a huge year. He had a big game one for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Really much was their only other option as he's passing-wise, but the, I think they need another other, uh, another weapon in there for this Colts offense to really score some points. Um, Jackson will, I mean, you mentioned, yeah, I wasn't impressed by ETN either. It obviously, it was his first professional game coming off the ACL injury as well, so it may take he some was, time for him to. He too. was bad, though. Yeah. He was really bad. It'll be interesting Most, to see how they how much they use him going forward. They should use Robinson. He's clearly the better yeah. player. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else for this game? Not really. Uh, Matt Ryan to throw an interception. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throw an interception. Just a bunch yeah. of interceptions. I'm just expecting <laughs> a lot of turnovers in this game. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game. It's going to be uh, the Miami Dolphins headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, this number opened up at, um, let's see here, 46. That number has come down to 44, 44 and a half over on win bet. Last week, Ravens get the 24-3 victory over the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins uh, got a 20-7 victory over the New England Patriots. Now these two teams match up. Uh, looking at this game here, uh, Scott, 44-and-a-half, what do you think? I'm going I'm to back the line movement again. I'm going with the under. Uh, okay. There's nothing that I saw in week one that suggests that I should take the over, 
Baltimore really didn't do much offensively against the Jets until they had yeah. a couple of big plays. Uh, Bateman had a big touchdown. Flacco th- turned it over inside his own like 40, and that resulted in another touchdown. But mm-hmm. besides the blown coverage to Bateman, I didn't think the Ravens looked that good offensively. I, th- I thought no. they looked pretty mediocre at best. Yeah. And the Dolphins had the fourth and seven touchdown to Waddle, which was a very gutsy call, which worked out. Did Barely. they look good offensively either? Because Tua, ever since he came into the league, I think is a game manager quarterback. And even with Tyree Kill and Waddle together, he still looked like a game manager quarterback. So if I don't really – I also like both defenses. So yeah. I think that's a big factor. Ford is out for the year, though. I believe he tore his ACL. So he's yes. going to be out for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peters did not play, though. So maybe he will play in this game, right? He didn't play week one, correct? No. No. So he might play week two, so you're kind of trading off corners in a way. But I'm going to go with the under because Miami, even when they score, they drain a bunch of clock, and Baltimore wants to run the ball. I see a lot of really long drives that might result in red zone field goals. We'll see. But you might see a seven-minute field goal drive in this game, yeah. and that's just going to kill your entire over. I'm going with the under. Yeah, both of these teams allowed uh, less than 100 yards rushing in week one. 78, Miami only allowed, and Baltimore only gave up 83. What's the time uh, and, possession numbers, by the way? I don't have those in front of me. Yeah, I'll, that's something I'll have to look up as well. Let me see if I can get that here. Real I'll pull it up individually. Quick. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, offensively, yards per game. I mean, last week, again, it's a very small sample, so take this with a grain of salt. Um, Miami had 307 yards of, the, of offense and Baltimore – had 274 yards of offense. So against the Jets. Uh, yeah, against the Jets, right? That's what's concerning as well. Um, so again, yeah, I think you're right. I think that Baltimore is going to be, we know they're a run first offense. I think we're going to see that here as well. Um, again, I think this might be a game of field position. I think we'll see punts in this game. Um, it feels like a 20. By the way, the Ravens only had 13 first downs against the mm. Jets. Against the Jets. Yeah, they got they lost the first down battle twenty four to thirteen. Now yeah. some of that was garbage time. Flacco became a check down magnet. He ended up with three hundred passing yards, but yeah. still thirteen first downs is rough. Yeah, it just feels like a twenty three twenty type of final to me. I know it, like it's barely squeaking under that number, but forty four and a half. I think that I got to go with the under as well. Here, I'm not. Scott. I don't think both teams are going to get the twenty. Oh. 16 13. How was that? I know. I was going to say, I think one of these teams could. I, I just think you might end up seeing like a 2017 game. I, yeah. I really don't like either offense that much. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game on the board. It's an ugly one Jets versus Browns. Uh, this number opened up at, let's see here, 43 and a half. That number has been bet all the way down to 40, currently over on win bet. Uh, Cleveland gets the victory against the Carolina Panthers on a big, big field goal attempt from their kicker. Uh, I think his name is Ted York. Uh, the, of York. He was, he was good at LSU. Yeah. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns, Jets, we just talked about, only were able to muster off three points against the Baltimore Ravens led by Joe Flacco. Well, they, they ended up with a nine because of a garbage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I'm two sorry. minutes to go. But yeah, realistically, yeah. it was three. Yeah. When the game um, mattered, it was three. Yeah. Defensively. Cleveland came into the season rated as one of the best front sevens, one of the best secondaries as well. I, I think my more favorite play in this game might be a Jets team total under in here, Scott, versus a full game. What do you think either about the Jets team total or the full game here? That's what I'm looking at. I think that at this point, there's no value on the full game total. Yeah. I liked the under originally, but it's 40. 
And I don't think this total should have this. I don't, I don't think this game should have the same total as the Bears Niners game started sure. last last week. Like I think that this total might be a little bit low now. Yeah. But I think the Browns defense is still overrated. Of course, I like Garrett. Their secondary is pretty good, but I feel like they're hyped up every year to be like a top 10 defense, and they're like never a top 10 defense. They're always like somewhere between 10 and 15. But the Jets offensively, I'm not exactly sold on. Mayfield did find some openings in the second half, particularly that bomb to Robbie Anderson. So I am a little bit concerned about how often they give up big plays, which could be an issue. The Jets defense, I thought, looked pretty good, but I'm not sure if they were actually going to be able to stop Chubb at all. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Jets team total under. I wouldn't mind maybe a first half under because okay. I am concerned about some garbage time, but Flacco was really a statue back there mm-hmm. and the Ravens pressured him a ton. I don't think the Jets are going to move the ball that much. And I think the Browns, even with Brissett, I think they're going to try to drain a lot of clock. So I'm going to go with the first half under. I think you'll see a feel out process. The Browns will try to dominate the line of scrimmage. And I think the Jets are going to struggle. So I, I'm leaning to a low-scoring first half before maybe the game opens up once the Jets need to play catch-up. And you'll see Flacco attempt 50-something passes like he did in, in Week 1. If you're the Browns, shouldn't you just turn around and just hand the ball off 50 times to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? Uh, that leads to an under. But yeah. Brissett wasn't even that bad. He but wasn't. the thing is, it's also tricky to like an over because you're looking at the Browns receiving core and you have Amari Cooper and you have some weapons. Sauce Gardner was incredible. In week one, he yeah. was unreal. So the fact that the Jets have a true, I know the, I know that Bateman's not a great, you get the idea. The point yeah. is the fact that the Jets have one elite corner. And I think, I think Gardner's actually an elite corner. I mean, you watch him in preseason, you watch him in week one, he checks every box. He's also got the confidence to him to back it up. Mm-hmm. I think he's a stud. So the fact that the Jets do have an elite corner could even limit the minimal passing upside that Brissett has. Yeah. I think I like the under in general, but I do lean to a lower scoring first half where the Browns will try to run Chubb into the ground because they kind of need to, and Chubb's incredible. Yeah. Cleveland only allowed 261 yards of offense last week uh, to the Panthers, and the Jets only allowed 274 yards of offense uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, I love the unders in this game as well. Before we move on to the next game, uh, let me tell you guys about No House Advantage, the newest sponsor on SGPN. Uh, no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus a house and a 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks bet up to bet on up to five player props on their over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR sign up now with promo code SGPN and at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app and get a first deposit match of up to $25. So go to nohouseadvantage.com and use promo code SGPN and get your first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. We're also brought to you by promoguide.us. Promoguide.us is the best place if you're interested in 
plus EV betting strategies and making con- consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odd boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25%, and they've got a VIP Discord that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on consistently changing promotions. If you're, if, if you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you probably are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of it all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. So go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Once again, with promoguy.us, you get consistency, and consistency gives you profit. Roster brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there and we at SGPN, we use it for ours. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-under has been integrated into the fantasy experience, the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. And not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do, you can also do that through your fantasy league matchup screen. For example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback, and not only do you think you are going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you are also as confident that Mahomes is going to hit over 250 passing yards line. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. And the Sunday Thunder ride it out together. Not only do they have NFL, but they also have college football player props. So stop what you're doing. Download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile device. Join our listener group as well on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, Scott, next game on the board. Uh, Let's see here. Let's go as my odd screen just goes out. Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, Let's go... Come on. Uh, Let's go to the New England Patriots headed to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Um, This number opened up at uh, 43. That number has come down to 40 and a half over on win bet. We should mention for this game, Najee Harris left the game last week with a foot injury, but he said that he is going to be playing in this game against the New England Patriots. And uh, the news about TJ Watt, Um, came down right before we started recording here that he does not require surgery, but he will miss up to six weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Last week, this New England offense, I guess we can say say struggled, to say the least, where they only put up, what, seven points against the Miami Dolphins defense. Pittsburgh squeaked out the victory in overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe that game ended up 23 to 20, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Scott, right now we're seeing a total of 40 and a half, my man. What do you think about the total in this game? So even though TJ Watts out and he even had an interception in week one, I mean, he's incredible. Still, I got to like the under. 
the Patriots are the exact same team that I've been talking about that they would be for the past couple of, we- of weeks, if not months. I said that with the idea of either Patricia or Joe Judge, turned out to be Patricia, calling plays. You have Mac Jones, who's basically a game manager quarterback anyway, and they really don't have many great weapons. I figured they'd be an under team all season long because at least the defense is good. And that's exactly what they were. At any point in week one, did they look competent offensively? They had what, like one and a half good drives in the entire game? If that. So they drain a lot of clock because they don't generate many big plays. They're going to try to run the ball. And the Steelers defensively were amazing. They mm-hmm. forced, what, five, four or five turnovers on Burrow? They were incredible. Now, they had a pick six, which doesn't exactly help for the sake of, you know, an under. But I do have to like the overall under in this game because at the end of the day, it's going to be Mac Jones against Trubisky. And I don't trust either quarterback. <laughs> Trubisky made a couple of throws in overtime. Mm-hmm. Took about 14 and a half, it took about nine and a half minutes of overtime to actually do anything. But I'm gonna go with the under because I see a lot of field goals in this game. I see a lot of long drives, and I don't like either offense. And especially if Najee Harris is potentially gonna be out. Do you like Pittsburgh's weapons? Because I really don't. So I'm gonna go with the under. I think the one thing that I also didn't mention that's Mac Jones left last uh week or didn't leave. I'm sorry, he was dealing with back spasms. That's what the story came out, but um, he is going to be playing, which I kind of likes it. I like it even more. I just feel like both of these offenses are just going to turn around and hand the ball off. They should. It, I mean, if Najee's out, they might have to throw it more. But Trubisky, yeah. he didn't exactly air it out. Yeah. Deontay had that one one-handed catch in overtime, but that was basically it. It seemed like everything was mostly a relative check down, a drag route, an out route. I just don't see many big passing plays from either team. So I'm going to yeah. see. I'm going to expect a lot of long drives, and as a result, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin knows that he has to be careful when you're going up against a Bill Belichick defense, right? You can't make mistakes, or if he does make those mistakes, he's going to make you pay for it. So I think, yeah, I agree with you under in this game as well. This might turn into a 13-10 final, something in that neighborhood maybe. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'll go, I'll go 2017, maybe 2016. Okay. All right, yeah, so we both like the under in that game. Um Let's keep it moving here. Let's get over to the next game. The Carolina Panthers heading to New York to take on the Giants. Um, this number opened up at 42 and a half. It's up a tick at 43 uh, for this game. So not a huge move there, just half a point uh, in this game. Last week, Carolina Panthers coming off of the overtime uh, defeat. I'm sorry. This game, yeah, this went to overtime. It right? didn't go to overtime. No, the, 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 oh, the Giants uh, okay. went for two when they won by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Panthers coming off the loss, 26, 24, the last second field goal. And then the giants, um, going for the two point conversion at the end to seal the victory for them over the Titans, um, 41 combined points between the giants and the Titans. And then we had 50 for the Browns and the Panthers. But right now for this game, 43 here, Scott, what do you think about this total? I find this total one of the trickiest ones on the board. I'm going to lean to the over. Giving okay. up 26 points to Jacoby Brissett deserves a medal. That's impressive stuff by, by Carolina. The yeah. game was extremely awful just to watch from a visual perspective for about two quarters, and then the game kind of picked up at halftime. The Giants offensively, though, actually looked like they had some type of game plan. Barkley mm-hmm. touched the ball a bunch, and I'm yeah. concerned about Carolina with that because they gave up about 140 yards to Chubb. So Carolina couldn't stop the run. Barkley looked really good. Daniel Jones looked surprisingly comfortable as the game progressed. Yeah. And I'm not going to overreact to the low-scoring game because Tennessee wants to drain a lot of clock as well. We know Mayfield wants to air it out. 
whether he's good at that or not, it's a separate story. But the point is, I do think you're going to see turnovers, worst case scenario, to set up short fields. Mayfield will air it out to Robbie Anderson, et cetera. I just think the, the Giants secondary isn't very good, but the Titans didn't have the personnel to exploit it. So right. I think Carolina will do a better job with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, of generating big passing plays. And Carolina didn't look great defensively either. I'm going to go with the over because I just simply put think that the Browns with Jacoby Brissett and the Titans with no receivers weren't built to fully exploit each defense the way they should be exploited. And Cleveland scored 26 points anyway. So yeah. I'm going with the over. I think you'll see a, a surprisingly higher scoring game than people might think. Yeah, Carolina gave up 217 yards on the ground last week um, to the Cleveland Browns. Were you impressed by that? The Giants only allowed 93 rushing yards to the Tennessee rushing attack led by Derrick Brown. I mean, at Derrick Henry, is that, I think that's pretty impressive. I think it's impressive, but I think you also have to keep in mind that since Henry's really the only player you're scared of on the entire team, sure. you're going to stack the box. And on top of that, I was kind of down on Henry this year because he's coming off a serious leg injury. And I get mm. that he came back at the end of last year. He didn't play that much. But the idea that just because this guy's an absolute tank – Mm -hmm. doesn't change the fact that, you know, eventually injuries are going to catch up to you, especially at the running back position. My main takeaway from that Titans game offensively, Henry looked at, looked a step slow. And yeah. it's fine. You know, you expect that. And Henry has never really been a good running back in September. He's always mm -hmm. been a running back that picks it up as the season progresses. But my initial takeaway, it looked like Henry lost a, a little step there. I thought that some of his burst was gone. Did you notice the same thing? I honestly, I didn't get to watch this game. Um, but... I can I can see where that coming from because we we met, you mentioned the injury there right maybe is he shaking off some rust we, and like he's also had a bunch of carries his entire career yeah and they're gonna they're I mean we know about the shelf lives of running backs in the National Football League and physical running backs yeah and especially like the the, the size of a guy like, like an Eddie George Henry. or any of these guys yeah um, last week the Giants only allowed three point six yards per carry. Carolina last week gave up 5.6 yards per carry um, to the Cleveland Browns. I feel like this is going to be another Saquon Barkley big game. I really do. I think that um, he looked really good, like you mentioned, in week one. The stats back it up there. Um, I could see where some mistakes made by the quarterbacks and with turnovers here that they could get some short fields, um, that this could squeak over. I think this number is spot on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean with the under here. I don't. Yeah, love we disagree this. about something. Yeah, Let's go. I I don't love it, uh, but I feel like that Giants probably slow this game down. They run the football uh, with Saquon, um, and I think that it, this could be a a game where it just barely gets under. Again, not my favorite play of the week here, but again, just for the sake of the show. We got to go with some disagreement at some point. So way, I'll go. I'll can go Carolina under. give McCaffrey the damn ball? What was that? And that should about? be the game plan for. What both do you have? Of ten carries offenses. in the in the first game. He he barely touched the ball. Uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, let me see if I can find that number here. His longest uh, play was a fumble recovery for twenty three yards, which didn't count towards yeah. his yardage. But like he he barely did anything. Yeah. Um. Let me see if I can find it here. Where are we? Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. Uh, oh, here we go. Let's see. McCaffrey last week. Uh, like 10 in like two receptions. Yeah, like 10 carries. Receptions. And was it? Sorry, 10. Oh, God. Just went away from my screen again. Golly. Uh, where are you? 
Uh, give me a second here. He's on my right. fantasy team, so I could tell you he didn't do much. All right, here we go. Uh, 10 carries for 50, no, not even, 33 yards. And he 10 had like carries. Receptions. Yeah, 33 yards. He did have one touchdown, and then, yeah, uh, yeah four receptions for 24 yards uh, for Christian McCaffrey. So they want to win ball games, Scott. You're right. They got to get their best player involved offensively for sure. Bob McAdoo doing his thing. Of course. Um, all right, next game on the board here. It's going to be the afternoon slate. Now we're going to L.A., the Atlanta Falcons heading to uh, L.A. to take on the Rams. Uh, this number opened up at 49.5. Currently over on win bet, I'm seeing a 47.5. Game one, Thursday night football between the Rams and the Bills. That offensive line just looked atrocious to me, uh, Scott. Uh, I'm not sure if Matthew Stafford still dealing with the whole elbow thing. Allen Robinson was not involved in the offense at all. Obviously, Can the Cooper Falcons Cup- rush the passer? Ah. It's kind of a trade-off, right? Both units are terrible, but I'm yeah. kind of curious. Can it? The Buffalo at least has a good defensive line. What does Atlanta have? I thought Atlanta got to Jameis Winston last week. No, they week. did early on. That's why I'm asking, because they, re- yeah. they generated pressure early on. But I am just curious. Do you think that their offensive line's actually, uh, defensive line's actually good? Because it might be underrated. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. I'm sex. It's kind of just a rhetorical team. question. I was just curious. Yeah, they, I mean, they got four last week. I think they can. I think. I think that anytime you have a bad offensive line, I think like that Rams do. I think a pass rush like the Falcons can get to them. They did. Yeah, they got four uh, sacks last week on Jameis Winston. So uh, why can they not do it against uh, Matthew Stafford? Um, and again, on the other side, Aaron Donald as well. But thoughts on this total? Currently sitting at what forty-seven and a half here, Scott. What do you think? I'm actually going to link to the over, and it's mostly because Atlanta's offense, I actually thought looked pretty good, Yeah, and Mariota looked pretty good in preseason, so I wasn't totally shocked by it, but New Orleans' defense, I think both of us agree, would probably be, what, a top 10 unit? Yes. Atlanta moved the ball. I mean, Corderell Mm -hmm. had 100-plus yards rushing. I thought he looked good. Mariota looked good. I think that the offense actually looked okay, but it's mostly the Rams' defense which concerned me because Jalen Ramsey gave up a perfect passer rating, and the rest of the defense wasn't great either. But Atlanta's defense, I know, doesn't have a great unit, so that's a bit concerning. But I really just don't like either defense that much right now. I'm hoping that the extra time off, because the Rams had basically a week and a half to prepare, it's a really good get-right spot for the Rams. So I think that they're going to play better. I just think Buffalo might be incredible. Like, I'm not sure how much of it is, yes, our team is kind of struggling and Stafford is has a bad elbow, but how much of that is the Bills just being the best team in the league? Because going into the season, I thought Buffalo was clearly the most complete team in the league. Yeah. I mean, so they absolutely – Yeah, I mean, look, they absolutely dominated the uh, Rams in that game one. I mean, they it's were probably getting... a mix, but I do think Buffalo is so good that the Rams will automatically look better by default because they're going from arguably the best team in the league to a sure. bottom three team in the league. Yeah. Um, I think it's I tough. Gotta... Yeah. I think the Rams could score 30, though, so I'm kind of leaning to the over. Yeah, and I think the Rams team total might be my favorite play in this game. I mean, you have to think, after having 10-plus days off, um, that they figure some things out on offense. And I think that – I I think for the Falcons, if they're going to want to put up points, it's going to have to be quick quick stuff from Mariota, whether it's a – getting the ball out quickly or or just scrambling like he did a lot in – 
in game one against the Saints, it's going to have to be quick decision-making because you don't want to let that pass rush get to you, led by Aaron Donald, right? They have guys that can get to the quarterback. But I, I do think in a world, I think my favorite more play is what you just mentioned. There is a Rams team total in this game. Uh, I think that McVay's offense and and having 10-plus days off or having 10 days off, I think they'll get a game plan together and put up points in this game and bounce back here, uh, at least putting up points uh, for this game. So I, I like the Rams team total over in this game. That's my favorite player. I'm going to tell you right now, though, I, I know that they're going to move Cup all over the formation. Sure. If Allen Robinson does nothing in this game, you can basically just cut him off your fantasy team. Yeah. I mean, have. I don't know what better matchup you want when Terrell's going to be matched up mostly on Cup. Yeah. And you're going to have whoever the second corner is for Atlanta. I mean, they're all bad besides Terrell. Robinson mm-hmm. looked awful in week one. You're kind of hoping he'll get back on track. Yeah. But I just, at the end of the day, think that you're going to see a lot of, once again, big plays. I could see Cup going for 140 if they move him around the formation enough. And Atlanta, I think offensively they might be underrated. Are they a good unit? No. But I think that Pitts and one can create matchup problems. So I think they can generate enough worst case in garbage time where this game find a way, finds a way to go over because Atlanta does enough in the fourth quarter to send it over. I think so. Um, Especially with how the line has dropped. Like initial line may be too high. Now I think it might be a little bit too low. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that point. Um, all right, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. Let's get over to an NFC West clash here. It's going to be the Seattle Seahawks heading down to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Uh, this number opened up at uh, 43 and a half. That number has come down one point over on win bet. Currently sitting at 40, sorry, come at uh point and a half currently sitting at 42 um huh. seahawks coming off of that impress or i don't know if i say impressive but they come off the victory on monday night football against the denver broncos niners were in that ugly ugly game in that um i guess we can say the slip and slide field over in chicago we saw rain just pouring down on the morning of that game in chicago Both of these teams played under their totals in week one. Uh, But here sitting at 42, Scott, what do you think about this total? I'm personally leaning towards the under in this game. I wanted to get your thoughts here first. Well, I'll let you give your case first. I think defensively, so 49ers are a really good unit. I think that they're going to be able to limit Geno Smith. I don't think that Denver's defense in Monday night football was good. Obviously I don't think for the, for the as... record, Geno did absolutely nothing after halftime. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was just a, a big getup spot for Seattle welcoming Russell Wilson into town and all the players just got up for it. I think that this 49ers defense is really good. I know they played Justin field, but I, I think that, Trey Lance, I'd need to see more out of Trey Lance and him being able to put up points or generate anything on offense before I can take it over with this team, right? And I and we're, I think the consensus is still out about Trey Lance. I mean, he had some impressive throws. I think he had like a 30-yard pass and like a 40-plus yard pass in that in those rainy conditions. But I feel like that make sorry, not Shanahan is still gonna try to they're still figuring out things with Trey Lance versus if Jimmy Garoppolo was a quarterback like you're you know what you're gonna get with Trey Lance is still a work in progress I think this is a a game where the Seahawks offense regresses I think they're gonna try to run the football more than they did uh in that Denver game I 
Don't know why Rashad Penny wasn't more involved on Monday Night Football. I'm a little bitter because I did have his player props on Monday night. That didn't cash for me. But I would have saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I, I I think that I, I am going with the under in this game at 42 here, Scott. I like the under as well. Uh, all the reasons you said. Also, just going to throw something out there. Yeah. I know that some people in our company felt one way about a, a specific quarterback. I know I felt a different way. I think you kind of lean more towards me. It's tough to evaluate because week one was a monsoon. Sure. I still don't think Trey Lance is very good at football. Yeah. And I've stated that publicly for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know that Terrell was interested. And in, I think it was, who was it? Sean who mentioned an MVP case for Trey Lance. Potentially. Was that Sean who, who said something briefly for the value? Maybe. Uh, I, I thought he was anti-trans. I don't know. He might've been. Lance. Somebody was, I know Terrell thought that he would be okay. I just don't think he's very good. Cause he's played in what three games, including college in the last three years combined. Like he just yeah. looks extremely raw. His mechanics aren't great. And his accuracy is not good because the mechanics are bad. So Geno Smith was very good in the first half. Then, you know, it kind of turned into a pumpkin in the second half. But luckily, the Broncos' red zone offense was so bad, they won the game anyway. Mm -hmm. But I don't like either quarterback. And the Niners' defense, I think, is still good. The Seahawks' defense was surprisingly decent, which was kind of surprising, which really I did not expect. Worst case, the red zone defense was good. I like the under because I don't like Trey Lance and I don't like Geno Smith. And if you're going to take an over with those two quarterbacks, you're going to need at least one pick six. So I'm going with the under because I don't like either option. And even with Mitchell being out, that's just going to cause what? More handoffs for Debo Samuel and more carries for Trey Lance. Like I I just see the Niners maintaining their run first offense because I don't think they trust Trey Lance to throw. Yeah, I agree. I think this is more of a 17-13 type of final, 2017 type of final for me. I'm going to watch um, something else. That's that's a, that's what I can guarantee you about. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'll be, I'll be watching yeah. something else. Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game uh, on the board here. It's going to be a, uh interconference matchup here. It's going to be the Arizona Cardinals heading to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Uh, this number opened up at, let's see. 51 it's up a tick to 51 and a half over on win bet um last week arizona cardinals we talked about their horrendous defensive performance against patrick mahomes where he threw for five touchdowns and now you have to go up against Devontae adams one of the best wide receivers in the league good luck um raiders uh i thought they were decent last week i know they only gave up 24 points to that chargers offense but uh, currently sitting at 51 and a half here for this game here. Scott, what do you think? So Arizona was beaten to hell and back on the injury report, which is why I love the Chiefs over. I thought they were going to dominate. And to go through some of the people that ended up uh, playing who were rumored to not play, uh, you, had Mur- you had Murphy who was in the lineup, and he was okay. Watt didn't play. I don't know how good he is anymore, but they don't have any pass rush. And Mullins was out. Uh, now they also have Marco Wilson, who's questionable. I just think their entire defense is beaten to hell and back, and I don't really like anything that this team possesses defensively. Offensively, I don't really like either, but at least they go a little bit up-tempo, and I do think they'll play better. I'm going to go with the over. The Raiders, I didn't think that McDaniels had a great game in game one, but Carr also threw a couple of dumb interceptions. I'm going to go with the over. Mm-hmm. My favorite play is going to be a player prop. Just take Devontae over and whatever the hell you want but car passing yards. I don't know why any team would run the ball against Arizona when their pass rush is useless and their secondary sucks. So I see a lot of pass attempts. I see a lot of clock stoppages, a lot of big plays. Give me pretty much anything car related, anything Adams related, and I'll go with the over because I just see a lot of big plays. Yeah, 
Arizona gave up 488 yards of offense to the Chiefs last week, which was second worst to only the Houston Texans, who, like I said, gave up 500-plus yards of offense to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think this is one of my more favorite plays of the week, at least for an over um, between these two squads. I think this might be another shootout or will be another shootout between these two teams. Um, you mentioned that Devontae Adams should have another huge game. Uh, I think Darren Waller will have another big game as well. Um, the Cardinals, you mentioned it right there. You hit the nail on the head that they do like going tempo. And if they are going to be playing from behind, which I think they will be, um, you'll see more tempo from you know Kingsbury in this offense with Murray. Um, so at 51 and a half, I think this, this does have the potential of getting into the range of 60 for me as well. I think another play I do like <clears throat> sorry, is going to be the Raiders team total in this game uh, between, um, I mean, what they gave up last week. Again, you mentioned it, Carr and Adams. You still have Darren Waller. You still have Hunter Renfro. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to put a points in their home opener against the um, the Arizona Cardinals here, Scott. Any thoughts on the team total? Uh, no, I agree. I mean, my favorite play is going to be the Raiders, but this is a total show, so that doesn't yeah. really do anybody any favors. All right, let's get over to the next game on the board here. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals to, heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Uh, this total opened up at 50.5. Obviously, it's down a uh, full touchdown with the news of Dak Prescott missing at least four to six weeks at minimum. Um, I know Jerry Jones came out and said they're not putting him on the IR, so he may be back sooner rather than Forget later. Forget about that. Please don't uh, trade for Garoppolo. Please. Just don't trade for yeah. Garoppolo. I'm a simple person. Just yeah. get, just don't do not do it. Just please. Last, <laughs> last week, uh, like I mentioned, Cowboys were the only team that did not put up a touchdown. Um, Cincinnati took an L last week to this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, but sitting at 43 here, Scott, I think I got to, I got to go with the under here again, man. I just don't think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to generate anything on offense personally. And if they are going to be in contention in this game, it's going to have to be a lot of Dinkin and Duncan, or they're going to have to be running the football, which means the clock is going to be ticking. And I just don't see, do I have faith in Cooper Rush making a second career start? I don't he think beat the I Vikings do. last year. He did. He did. But I just don't think that it's going to generate points. I think that the defense for the Dallas Cowboys is going to have to step up and play well, especially that front seven, to generate pressure on Joey B. I like the under in this game again. Uh, what do you think? So for this one, I'm actually going to disagree. Okay. However, I think we're going to agree on the Cowboys team total under because I think the okay. Cowboys – offense is atrocious yeah i really just hate the cowboys defense and i know that they sacked brady a couple times in the red zone they still let tampa really get down the field with no offensive line for pretty much the entire game they just mm -hmm. buckled down the red zone i don't know what happened with cincinnati's offensive line in the first game because they went out and they signed a lot of guys and the gate burrow got sacked what seven times i think it was like six or seven yeah it, it was a mess but either yeah. way the point is i do think that the Bengals receivers are going to absolutely demolish the Cowboys secondary. I think Burrow's going to throw for a ton of yards. The thing is, the total's so low that if the Bengals get to 30, do you think that this game goes over? Do you think the Cowboys reach 14? Let's start there. Uh, yeah, I think so. Then I'm going with the over. I think the Bengals walk into 30. I think the Bengals are going to be disappointed after how week one ended and how the offense was kind of out of sync, mostly because of turnovers. I think Burrow goes off in this game. Okay. I'm, I really just don't like this Cowboys defense and the secondary in particular. I think Chase could go for 150. I think he might go off, but I'm going to go with the over.
because I do think that you'll see the Bengals put up a bunch of points. My favorite play is the Bengals team total over for an over in this game. But for a full game, I'll lean to the over because I really think the Bengals will do whatever they want. Yeah, I think this might be a Jamar Chase game where he gets 200 yards. If, if there was a game for him to go for 200, I think this is it. Yeah. Because I don't know who can cover him. And Diggs, who we know is a good corner, still gambles a lot, and he gets yeah. beat a lot. So mm-hmm. you might see Chase longest reception, which I'm sure you might give out later in the week. But yeah. I see Chase having at least one 40-yard bomb down the sideline. Yeah. All right, next game on the board here. It's going to be the Houston, Texas heading to Denver to take on the Broncos. There has been some line movement in this game, at least for the total. This number opened up at 42. It's all the way up to 46 over on win bet, a four-point move here. Um, We talked about the Monday night football game here, Scott, where Geno Smith, at least in the first half, looked really good against this Denver defense, which came in very highly, um, I guess, touted uh, is the word maybe I'm I'm looking for. Uh, But Chubb looked good in the second half. Yeah, second half, Chubb looked really good. Davis Mills and the Texans offense, they were able to put up 20 points, but there was on some mistakes made by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, But Davis Mills, I thought, looked pretty good for this Texans, uh, at least for the quarterback uh, for the Texans in week one, where they did put up 20 points against his Colts. Choke up a 17-point lead, but nothing Texans fans are not shocked about here. But do you agree with this line move of 42 to 46 here, Scott, with uh, moving towards the over? I can understand it because you mentioned how many yards the Colts had offensively against the Texans and the Colts offense isn't good. Yeah. However, I got to be concerned about the red zone play calling. And I wonder since Hackett failed that many times in the red zone in the first week, does he get conservative and potentially kick a couple field goals? He shouldn't be kicking. Maybe I think I'm going to go with the under. Okay. I just think this total has gotten a little bit too high. Yeah. I can understand based on how the Texans defense played and how badly played how the offense looked okay. I'm just really anti-Hackett. And we saw Wilson really not chuck the ball downfield that much. He had the one touchdown to Judy, which was basically a 20-yard throw, and nobody tackled him. Yeah. I'm going to go with the under. I saw a lot of dinking and dunking to tight ends and running backs for Wilson, which shocked me. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result, I'm expecting less big plays than maybe the general public thinks. I'm going to lean to the under, and this number is a little bit too high. I think the play for me here might be a Denver Broncos first half team total. Um, They got to be motivated, but I'm really – the play calling was so The play calling is a concern, yeah, and I think that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on as we kind of move forward after the debacle that happened on Monday Night Football. Um, I mean, it's concerning that they did give up 517 yards of offense, which only led to 20 points for the Indianapolis Colts. Now I know Yeah, but don't break. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, it's really, t- I'm torn, but I think this line move is a little bit too, ex- I think yeah, it's excessive. Yeah, I think we, the number has gotten away from us, especially on a four-point line move, which I just want to kind of take a look at the Denver, isolate the Denver Broncos team total, which if you're going to bounce back against a bad defense, it has to be against a Texans defense here. And I know Darius, uh, Derek Stingley looked really good, uh, at least in week one here, but I think there's other areas where you can exploit this de- Texans defense. I think Corland Sutton should have a big game in this game as well, like he uh, kind of did in the Monday night football game. But I can't believe he only had four receptions for 72 yards. Like watching yeah. Sutton, it felt like he was open all the time. Yeah, and I think that's something that they're going to have to address is that this guy should be an automatic seven, eight yards reception machine. Every yeah. single week. Uh, or at Bill least Wilson like minimum eight targets. I yeah. Mean. 
So I think for me, I think that, yeah, you're right. That total has kind of gone away from us if you want to bet the over, but I'm going to be looking at the Denver Broncos team total, at least in the first half and see what that, if that number's at 13 and a half, which I doubt it's probably going to be at 14 and a half, but if it is at 13 and a half, I think I do like that over in the first half. Um, yeah, I think it's another one of those games where there's several ways it can cash. Yeah. Either the Buck, either the Broncos defense looks like it did in the second half, and they absolutely just put the clamps down on the Texans. Yeah. Or maybe the Broncos offense just keeps struggling in the red zone. But either way, I think that there's a couple ways it could cash. So I'll go with the under. All right. Uh, let's go with the next game on the board here. Uh, let's get into um, what do we got here? Give me one second. This odd screen just keeps flashing in front of me and goes on off the board. But we're going to go to the Sunday night football game. We're into the primetime games here, Scott. Well, wait, Bears, time out. So you said primetime. So are we just automatically taking the under? We should, right? Because we have three primetime games this week. I don't know if yeah, a we, lot we of people leaned know. over on the first one, which is a serious red flag. So we might have to take the under on the next two to break even, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, I mean. I, 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 I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm just saying <laughs> the, the primetime unders have been an absolute just machine for the past, like, three four years at this point yeah i think this one might be too bears packers a nfc north matchup on sunday night football uh let's see where this number opened up first and i get to the current number so this number opened about 45 and a half it's been bed down to 43 over on 45 and a half with the bears i know the packers are awful week one yeah an opening line of 40 i i want to know the thought process behind that one that's something we might have to ask our friends over at win bed but current number 43 scott what do you think under yeah. i mean i i still don't think justin fields is very good and i mentioned lance being bad i think fields is better than lance and i've been low on fields for a while but i'm at least pointing out that fields can generate some big plays when he breaks you know basically he's a good improviser mm-hmm. sometimes he's a little bit too creative because he'll chuck the ball across the field and it'll be intercepted yeah. but i don't i don't think the bears offense is good and i think that the bears stumbled into a perfect storm literally and figuratively because the weather was atrocious which kept the game close right i think the bears are one of the worst offenses in the league they have a brutal offensive line they couldn't really run the ball in week one and i don't think fields is very good or composed he had a couple of good plays down the stretch he only had nine completions so it wasn't like he did much in the passing game but i'm gonna go with the under as well because the bears defense is usually stingy and green bay has no receivers worth a damn now maybe alan lazard plays and that would be a big boost. I still think Dobbs is good. I'm not sold on Watson, and not just because of the one drop, but because North Dakota <laughs> State barely threw the ball in college. So I, I felt like it was a little bit of a reach, in my opinion. But I'm going to go with the under, because I don't really like either offense right now. Now, Rodgers usually kills the Bears, but yeah. even if he does, if the Packers score 27 points, a reasonable showing, do you think the Bears reached like 13? Because I'm not even sure they reached 13 or 14. I'm going with the under. I think the Bears are basically a dead under team. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking like a 31-10 final. It could be, but the point is even if Green Bay gets to 30, there's no guarantee this game goes over, so I have to like the under. Yeah, and I think I kind of like the Bears team total to go under in this game as well. It's probably going to be a very, very low number. If it's at like 14 and a half, I, I, I like that under. Um, team yeah, totals they- aren't. I was going to say, the, the Packers' defense wasn't great in week one. Mm-hmm. On the bright side, the Bears don't have Justin Jefferson, so there's that. That's true, yeah. He was an absolute monster. He's on one of my fantasy teams, so I was happy to see him do the damage that he did against the Packers. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think this is a big number here, 43. Even at 45 and a half, it's been bet down for the right reasons. Um, I still think that the Packers, like you mentioned it, the offense still has some things to figure out. 
Lazard getting obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, if they get him back, it's obviously a boost, but uh, not much faith in this Bears offense led by Justin Fields either. So, primetime game, we'll go with the under, and not just because it's a primetime game, but the reasons that we did lay out that we just don't have faith in the offenses at least right now. Hopefully, progressively as they get season goes on, it maybe gets better. Guys, for week two, I don't not think so. All right, Scott, we got two games on Monday night. Let's start with the first one here. It's going to be the Tennessee Titans heading to Buffalo. By the way, you said two games on Monday night. Yeah. Why? Didn't we used to do this for week one? Yeah, that's what I was confused about. Because I was looking at the schedule. You'd always have like two AFC West games. You'd have like the Broncos Raiders at like 10 p.m. Like every time they would do this. And they'd have an earlier game. But the Raiders were always involved when they used to do this in week one. Which I don't understand. Like, if they want to do two, okay, do one early, like, East Coast game, and then do one, like, late West Coast game. That, like, yeah, they're overlapping. Like, like, there's, like, an yeah. hour separate. I, I don't I don't get it. You should have an earlier game. Start a game at 6. Follow yeah. the COVID schedule when you had, like, Steelers-Ravens. Like, throw a game in the random afternoon. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Titans-Bills, that number opened up. Uh, let's see here. 51. It's been bet down by a point and a half over on win. Sorry, uh, yeah, point and a half down to 49 and a half in this game. Um, Bills offensively look great against the Rams in their Thursday night football home opener. They put up, I believe it was, what, 31 points in that game. Um, Titans, we talked about with Derrick Henry looking a little slow. Uh, 49 and a half seems a little rich here for me here, Scott, but what do you think about this total? I'm on the under. Okay. I don't think the Titans are a good offensive team. I said that during the offseason, they have no receivers. And if Derrick Henry is not going to pick it up or regain that burst, they're in trouble, mm-hmm. like serious trouble, like potentially 7-10 and 10 trouble. Like they're bad uh, offensively. Now, defensively, I think their team's actually decent. And Vrabel has a defensive background. They find ways to get it done defensively. And even in week one, they did a, they did a good job early on against the Giants. Then I think the defense just got tired because the offense couldn't move the ball. But mm-hmm. – Barkley killed the Titans in week one. The Bills don't run the ball, so, so that kind of goes in their favor. The thing is, I think the Bills can once again have a similar game that we saw in week one against the Rams, where they go for basically 30 points, and the other team does nothing, and the game goes under. So I'm going to go with the under, because I think the Titans' worst-case scenario will drain clock and maybe settle for a couple of field goals. But the Titans are a good under team as well, because they don't really generate any threats in the passing game, and you know they want to really dominate the time possession. And that's how they won the game last year. It was a crazy game on Monday night. I lost money on that game, if I'm being honest, because they ended up stuffing Josh Allen short on, mm-hmm. at the goal line on fourth and uh, goal. But still, yeah. I just think that you're going to end up seeing the Titans struggle to generate points. And the Bills defense is really, really good. Yeah. I'm hoping the Titans can do enough when it comes to time of possession to force the game to go under. I like yeah. the Titans team total under if I'm picking anything. Yeah, I, I think this number is a little too large, especially like you mentioned with the Titans' struggles on offense. No, we know the Bills are going to – but the one thing that does concern me is that the Bills could just possibly just pour it on and put it – It might explode and go for 40. Like I, I, that yeah. could be an issue. So I'm going with team total if I had to pick yeah. one. I think that's the right move in this game, especially uh, Titans' team total. Or if you want to bet on the Bills, having the huge rest advantage uh, from Thursday night all the way to Monday night. Um, and what's that, 11 days off for the Bills? So I think that, yeah – Either you go Titans team total under or Bills team total over in this game. And I think full game, it, it's tricky because like we mentioned, if the Bills put up 40 plus points, this 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 game has the potential of getting over the total. All right, Scott, last game 
of the night, uh, Monday night football. It's going to be the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. This number opened up at 48, has been bet up all the way to 51. Talked about the shootout that the Eagles are coming off of against the Detroit Lions, a 38-35 final. And we saw the Minnesota Vikings pretty much get whatever they want offensively, especially with Justin Jefferson against the Green Bay Packers. This number is currently sitting at 51 here. Scott, what do you think about this game? Uh, This game is going to be interesting, uh, in my opinion, at at least because of the fact that, you know, you break down the actual game itself and both teams looked really, really good offensively in week one. But I'm not exactly sure how good the Eagles offense truly is or how bad the Lions defense is. I think I'm leaning to the over on principle just because I was a fan of what I saw for the most part. And I still I like Slay a lot as a corner. I don't think anyone can cover Justin Jefferson. And the Eagles offensively did look really good. I'm going to go with the over. I think both teams are really just a, just solid offensive units. A.J. Brown's very good. Jefferson's very good. And the quarterbacks looked good, you know, for the most part in week one. It is a primetime game for Kirk Cousins, which is a serious problem. But yeah. I'm going to go with the over. I just like the weapons for both teams a little bit too much. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite plays of the week. I'm in 100% agree with you here. Um, give me the over in this game. Um I think this this numbered person potentially has a, a a case of closing closer to probably a 52. Um, but if you get to this pod early, I love the over in this game. I mean, look, Justin Jefferson is is the the guy's an animal. I mean, I don't think anybody can cover him on the uh, even in the Eagle secondary with the names that they do have. He just has so much speed and just the ability to get into open space. And Kirk Cousins, like you mentioned, the primetime thing is a concern, but maybe that's changed with a new head coach. Who knows? They still have the weapons on the offensive front, right? We talked about JJ. You know, Adam Thielen. I should be. I think will be a little bit more involved in this game than he was in Week One against the Green Bay Packers. I'm not Dalvin, sure how much Thielen has left in the tank, to be honest. But Dalvin yeah. Cook is still incredible. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. They still have in the backfield, and they still have some other pieces. I and mean, we know about the Eagles' offense, right? Jalen Hurts has a scrambling ability. AJ Brown had a huge game one for the Phillies. Uh, sorry for the Phillies for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, yeah, I think this number gets over the total. I think this might be the one game on prime time this weekend out of the three where we do see points being put up by especially well, we said by the Chiefs game, offenses. so we got two. Oh, yeah, Chiefs too, yeah. Can't, can't have every game going under the total in prime time. Yeah. So, yeah, Thursday night we'll go over, and then the last game on Monday night uh, to end the week two we'll go over the total as well. All right, before we get into some best bets and some locks here for uh, this NFL week two, let me tell you guys about the newest sponsor, on SGPN, and that's going to be No House Advantage. Um, let me ooh, ad reads are a little slow here. Bear with me for a second. All right, let's see here. No house advantage. Whew. Uh, all right, bear with me here for a second. Um come on. This is where we kind of put in that transition. The, the Jeopardy music. All right, here we go. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sport platforms available today. Play and pick them contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times or 20x the money the entry that you put in if you hit all of your picks plus bet on the bet on up to five player props 
on their over or under on individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohassadvantage.com or download the app to get the first deposit match of up to $25. That's make uh, sorry, use promo code SGPN for that first deposit match of up to $25. And make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but it's also where you play. You won't miss out. You won't want to miss out on this. We're also brought to you by promoguide.us. Promo Guide US is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odds boosts, huge cash bonuses from all major sports books. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25%, and they've got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus analytics EV matchups right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. And if you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you already are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of it all is that the promo guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building well-informed Better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out 100% track, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Once again, with promoguy.us, you get consistency, and consistency gives you profit. Roster brought to you by Run Your Pool. Introducing RYP VIP, a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to exclusive week one and week two pools with guaranteed $5,000 payouts, as well as our season-long pool with a guaranteed 100K payout. Get access to exclusive data to help with your weekly game picks, premium content like in-depth guides for how you dominate your pools, and exclusive swag. The top line here is that if you're serious as a sports fan, you need to check out RYP VIP. So, Use promo code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP and get 50% off of your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books and get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all the games that you're betting and your betting activity. So to take advantage of this, all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. That's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Scott, let's uh, close this episode out strong with some blocks. By the uh, way, I I thought of a good way to kind of come up with picks for this segment. Sure. How about instead of lock and dog, we do over under. We'll do one over and one under. I like that. All right, so best bet over and best bet under. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, So since this was your idea, why don't you lead it off? So for the over, I'm going to go back to that Bengals and Cowboys game. I'm going with the Bengals team total over. It's at 25 and a half. I think that's way too low. Yeah. Even with all the turnovers they had, they still scored 20 points against the Steelers, and the Steelers' defense is light years ahead of the Cowboys' defense. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Cooper Rush, of course, and how he might struggle, which is why the full game total might be in jeopardy. 
Yeah. It also means the Cowboys shouldn't have the ball that much because Cooper Rush isn't very good. So I think the Bengals are going to do whatever they want. They should be very motivated, especially with the offensive line because of how awful it was in week one. But mm-hmm. the Bengals have a dome because they're going, they're traveling to Jerry World. You have Chase, who's unguardable by anybody the Cowboys have. And Burrow's still very good. I think it's a very nice bounce back spot for the Bengals, especially offensively. 25 and a half in a dome. I feel like some massive overreaction to what happened in week one. I think if the Bengals were even mediocre offensively in week one, this would probably be closer to 27, maybe 27 and a half. I think it's an overcorrection. I'm going to take the team total over for the Bengals, 25 and a half. I think they should finish with at least 27. Don't hate that. Uh, All right. So over, you're going with the Bengals team total over. What do you got for an under? So I was torn between either the Seahawks game or the Dolphins game. I'm going to go with the Dolphins game here. I just really like both defenses. I think both defenses are solid. Marcus Peters might be back, so that's going to be a nice boost to the Ravens secondary. But you have two Mm -hmm. against Lamar. And I know Lamar is an MVP. I know that he is an extremely entertaining player to watch. It doesn't change the fact that the Ravens offensively had 13 first downs against the Jets. That's a problem. And Miami's defense is still solid, even without Byron Jones. They looked really good in week Mm -hmm. one. I just see a lot of really long and potentially underwhelming scoring drives resulting in field goals. But I don't really like either offense's big playability. We even saw with Hill and Waddle together, did they generate many big plays? They had the fourth and seventh slant pass to Waddle. They got broken for a touchdown. Yeah. That seemed to be it. That was really the only big play they had. I like the under. I like both defenses involved. And I think that both teams with Tua – and with the Ravens rushing attack, they want to control the clock. So I'm going to go with the under. I think 44 and a half is too high. All right. Love it. All right. For my favorite over, or my best bet over, I should say, uh, I'm going to go with that last game that we talked about. Eagles-Vikings, over 51. Um, I think that both of these offenses are more than capable. Sure, the Kirk Cousins primetime thing is, is, a, is, is a, I guess – Maybe a thorn in the side of the over, but maybe with the change at the head coaching position, I think that um, they do have the weapons, obviously, with Justin Jefferson and you know Adam Thielen can contribute. Obviously, you always have Dalvin Cook that can be involved both in the passing game and the running game. I think this uh, both of these teams are more than capable of putting up points, so I do like the over in this game at 51. Uh, for my favorite under, best bet under – I think, and I, I'm not sure if you have this in front of you there, Scott, but Jets team total under against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday afternoon in the early games. I think that last week we saw them only put up nine points against the Baltimore Ravens 16 defense. And a half. You might be okay. able to shop around and maybe find a flat 17. Yeah. But if I'm able to me, I see 16 and a half. Okay. I Actually, think even at- let, me, let me see if there's alternatives. Give me a second. Okay. Um, but even at 16 and a half, I, they're going up against a better defense, I think, this week in the Cleveland Browns, right? This this front you think seven. the Browns is, defense is better than the Ravens? I think so. I think it's close. Uh, I, I, comparable for sure. Uh, but now you have to go on the road here into Cleveland to go up against this defense, which Joe Flacco really didn't do anything last week. I think this might be a game where the Browns run the ball and. Time is going to be coming off of this clock here. Maybe we see more field goals versus touchdowns, especially by the Jets. 
I just don't see a world where they get to 17 points here or even at 16. I just – I maybe they're good for two touchdowns. I think that's the max they can get. But at 16 and a half, give me the under on the Jets team total against the Cleveland Browns here, Scott. That Those are my two plays. I'm just trying to see if I could find a 17 and a half. I found an 18 and a half at minus 154. But, I mean, at that point, you should, you should just take the 17 and a half because why the hell would a game ever land on 18? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me see what I can get here quickly. Uh, sorry. But yeah, I think you could potentially run into a garbage time issue there if the Jets get blown out, but you're hoping that the Jets defense can limit Brissett from torching them. Mm-hmm. They're going to run the ball, so that's going to drain a bunch of clock, yeah. which helps. But yeah, it seems like all I could find is 18 and a half. So I guess 16 and a half I'll have to do. Yeah, maybe as we progress through the week, we're able to find a 17. So if your book offers at 17, definitely like the under on that number even better. But I, I think I would still take it at 16 and a half for myself. Um, that's it, Scott. We we went through all the games for week two here, my man. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, not really. Looking forward to hopefully a profitable week two. I know that Terrell and I will be back later in the week, uh, also for fantasy DFS stuff. So that's gonna be fun. Uh, besides that, though, you know, a lot of money to be made out there. Let's make some of it. Yes, sir. Uh, and you guys are also doing what Thursday night football, right? Uh, yes, I believe we kind of merged the feeds there for the NFL and for fantasy. Because yeah. they both kind of revolve around showdown DFS lineups for Thursday. Yeah. So it's going to basically be the same thing. But you can find us on the Fantasy Podcast as well. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of NFL Week 2 Totals. If you haven't already subscribed to the NFL Gambling Podcast, please make sure to do so. And also leave us a rating and a review if you haven't already. As well as subscribe to all the other pods that are happening on the sports gambling podcast network and just to make it easy for yourself just download the sgpn app in the app store or the play store till then good luck with your bets let's break these books off and let it ride